back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Excited to be popping on out to the KDOS hotline, joined by Brian Lewis, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com for the weekly prop bet segment. As we're trying to find some winners here for week 14 in the NFL. Brian, it's Bob and Kayla. How are you today? I'm great. You know, there's two things throwing a big wrench in the player props this week. It's a lot of bad weather and a lot of bad quarterbacks. <laughs> You're not wrong there. So we're making uh it's making our jobs a little bit more difficult, but I have some faith in us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Cardinals, they're on a bye this week, so I don't get to start with the local team this week. Instead, I'll head on over to uh, Baltimore with the Rams traveling across the country to play the Ravens, who are coming off of a bye. OBJ going up against his former team. This Ravens defense has been very, very good on defense. Matthew Stafford's numbers, he's sitting at 203 and a half yards, uh, passing yards, that is. The Ravens have limited some very good quarterbacks this season, limiting Justin Herbert to just 217 yards the week before their bye. They limited Geno Smith. They limited Jared Goff. So what do we do with Stafford? And conversely for the Ravens, uh, Keaton Mitchell, 42 and a half rushing yards. Is he the guy getting the carries now? Yeah, when you mentioned the line for Stafford's passing yards, I like thought it was incorrect for a second. It seems so low. But then I go to DraftKings, that's exactly where it's at. So even though I expected it to be low, I didn't expect it to be this low because the Rams, like even with the matchups, so they still have Puka Nakua, they still have Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford still playing a really high level. But you mentioned how this Ravens defense has been shutting down a lot of elite quarterbacks this season, and then especially at home as well too. And we've seen Stafford struggle against these good teams this season, particularly 49ers, the Cowboys, even struggle with the Eagles. So biggest thing the Rams is they struggle with these pass rushes, but the Ravens. As good as your defenses, don't really have an elite pass rush. So with that line being so low, it could be worth the flyer if you think that game's just going to work in your favor with a seven-half point spread. And when it comes to the Ravens' rushing attack, Mitchell feels like the boomer bust type guy. He's got a lot of speed, got a lot of big playability, but he's also starting to get more of the carries. And uh, pretty surprised to see his line be higher for his rushing yards than Gus Edwards, especially when I don't think it's necessarily be a close game with the Ravens being there by more than a touchdown, but. It seems like this is like kind of buying high on Mitchell here, but he's he's not really volume dependent at least too. Okay, I'm going back to the Austin Eckler question again. This is I believe three straight weeks I've actually brought him up. Brandon Staley on Wednesday talked about getting some more touches this week for the backup Joshua Kelly. So is it time to maybe end our Eckler run here? Or they are playing the Broncos defense, which rush defense they have not been good. So I'm confused. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm not really going to touch his prop of this game because of everything that you mentioned. It's kind of two different narratives colliding. It's like Eckler going to lose more touches as a runner and also going against his Broncos defense. But his line's a 49 and a half. That's pretty. Much, that's like slightly higher than it's been in recent weeks. I think they're taking they're overvaluing the matchup here with Eckler. He really hasn't been efficient at all as a runner this season. And the Chargers sitting at five and seven. They're a playoff long shot. Brandon Staley's fighting for his job at this rate. Eckler's only gone over his number three times a season, and one of those is in week one. And maybe he hasn't been the same player since with the injury. So I really do buy the fact that Chargers are going to try new things because they're in desperation mode, and that could be less carries for Eckler. 
who's had at least 10 in every single game since come back from injury, and he's had at least 14 in all but two of those games. I will stay with this particular game here and flip it to the Broncos side of things. We've really seen the Broncos lean into the run game, including some opportunities for Russell Wilson here. Uh, but his number has ballooned, I think, reflective of that to 26 and a half yards. Meanwhile, for the Broncos, uh, his number in the passing game is 212 and a half yards. And the Chargers have been very susceptible to the pass game. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to the rushing props for him, I have a really hard time picking them for Russell Wilson because unlike guys like Jalen Hurts, for example, he doesn't really have many design runs. A lot of it comes from scrambles, I feel like. And even though the matchup against a really bad Chargers pass defense, the thing with Russ is a passer this year is that he's really not like a high-volume completions guy. He's either going to throw checkdowns or take deep shots downfield. So if you want to Stay this Chargers passing defense. I'll look, I'll look at his longest completion instead, just because it really takes a lot of pass steps for Russ to go over a number, to go over any passing yards number, and he just doesn't really have the volume nowadays. Along those lines, maybe a Cortland Sutton touchdown, anytime touchdown, would that maybe be the better option? Yeah, I think that's a good option for sure, just because we've seen how efficient Russ has been as a passer in the red zone this season. And of all the players on the Broncos, his favorite target in that area has been Cortland Sutton. Just looking at the red zone target share, he has 32% of the red zone target share. That's nearly double the next best player on the Broncos and Jerry Judy at 17%. Brian Blues, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. Uh, the Colts, they're traveling to the Bengals. In his first two starts, Jake's Browning uh, struggled a bit against the Steelers there. Then he lit it up against the Jaguars. In fact, he was tremendous against the Blitz against the Jags. His number is currently sitting at 227 and a half yards. Do we really just not have enough sample size here with Browning to feel confident about what he'll do? And then conversely here for the Colts, Alec Pierce got back involved last week. Was that just kind of a one game wonder for him sitting at 27 and a half yards yeah I think I agree with your comments on both of those players I think I don't want to have to jump the gun too soon on Jake Browning and find out it was a one game wonder with him kind of catching defenses by surprise without having much film on him and then the same Alec Pierce which is just being one game but it is interesting to note that the spread has flipped for this game since Monday night football and actually as of this morning the Colts are originally a three-point favor before Monday night and then it dropped to one and a half, and now the Bengals are two-point favorites. So that's a five-point swing, which is pretty drastic. Pretty amazing in itself. Obviously, uh, the uh, Bengals' surprising performance on Monday night made a difference there. Uh, C.J. Yeah. Stroud, he's, he has slowed down some. Uh, now without Tank Dell, uh, his road numbers haven't been nearly as good as his home numbers. I was going to ask you this before I saw the weather forecast, which doesn't seem to be good uh, in the uh, in uh, New Jersey on uh, Sunday. So maybe Stroud under passing yards against the Goods Jets defense. Yeah, you mentioned it. I was going to bring that up before you got to it. So you beat it to the punch about the difference in Stroud's numbers on the road versus at home. It's skewed a little bit because there's a couple bad starts in the road earlier in the season versus Stroud before he really came along, particularly against the Ravens in week one, and he struggled against the Panthers in that one game, which which the one game the Panthers did win this season. But at the same time, I think that was a pretty big loss to this Texans offense. It's kind of like C.J. Stroud has been doing a 
what's been most impressed about CJ Stroud, not just that he's in the rookie, but he doesn't have that much talent around him on offense. So losing one of your best receivers to already thin receiving core is going to be a major hit for sure, too. He also hasn't played on the road in a while. They've had three straight home games at Texans, and even as bad as Jets team is, their defense still has a very high ceiling week to week, particularly against the pass. And it's a low line at 215 and a half, but that might be a trap considering if you're just a generic better first instinct looking at that line, you're thinking, oh, that's easy over. But at that type of line, I'll almost lean towards the under here in a game that thinks be very low scoring. Along those lines with C.J. Stroud here, uh, this, the, the area in which the Jets have been susceptible has been through the run game, the run defense. Uh, so is this a Damian Pierce type game or is Devin Singletary starting to get a few more looks? Uh, their numbers 39 and a half and 33 and a half. Yeah, I don't know if I trust either guy enough in this spot just because overall the Texans' rushing offense has been fairly inefficient this season. I mean, Singletary is only averaging 4.1 yards per carry, and Damian Pierce is only averaging 3 yards per carry. And the longest run between each of them is only 22 yards. They really haven't been that reliable down to down. They really don't have big playability either. So even though I definitely get your point that the way to beat this Jets defense is on their ground, I don't have enough confidence in either of those guys really. Okay, DeAndre Swift, uh, obviously not good against the Cowboys in the first meeting, 18 carries for just 43 yards, had two fumbles in that game in addition. The Cowboys' run defense has been pretty good every week, except against the Cardinals and James Conner here. Uh, is the, the under-yards under prop for uh, Swift worth taking a shot at? You know what? I'm actually on the over for DeAndre Swift. This is very Ooh. low right now at 49-and-a-half, and – I'll correct one thing with the fumble. One of those is purely on A.J. Brown that game where he just ran right into him when he went into motion. They definitely got lucky there. Well, they would have gotten unlucky if the Cowboys recovered it, but they got they were lucky to recover that in their own territory. But I think that Swift will have a bounce-back week, particularly because I don't know if you guys saw that there's, there's Eagles fans waiting outside the facility holding signs up that said, run the damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. – I'm an Eagle, I've been an Eagles fan for close to 20 years now, and no matter what happens when they lose, it's always because they don't run the ball enough. This is dating back to, like, <laughs> the early Andy Reid days. It's always because they didn't run the ball. And there's some validity to that. I mean, they're very they're really inefficient on the ground against the Niners last week, but they really weren't having the, – the, they didn't really have the best game plan running the ball against that probably 49ers team. They should have made a more concerted effort to keep that offense off the field with how gassed the Eagles defense has been in recent weeks when they played over 90 snaps against the Bills. But I like it for DeAndre Swift here for two reasons. One, Dallas Goddard being back is going to be a huge boost, not just in the receiving game, but he's a great blocker to tight end position too. And also just the line's so low, and Swift really isn't volume dependent. He could break off big runs on any given on any given play, really. And while you did mention that, Cowboys overall have a good run defense, except against the Cardinals. I still think that's their weak spot on D. I mean, if you're looking at the advanced metrics, they're 30th in success rate defending the run. So if there's any way the Eagles could win this matchup, it's going to keep Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb off the field because, as we all know, they've been maybe the most unstoppable duo in the NFL in recent weeks, especially at home. And this Eagles defense is not well-equipped to shut them down by any means. So, I'm looking at it get back to their roots of just maintaining long drives and it starts with DeAndre Swift. 
Brian Blue is Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. And now that we know about your Eagles here, I feel a little bit bad about where I'm going with this next set of questions here on the, the Cowboys side of things. So CeeDee Lamb's number is out of this world, sitting at 92 and a half yards. But this morning I heard a stat that the Eagles are giving up an average of 88 yards per game to wide receiver one this season. So uh, do you kind of maybe then say, hey, that's too high of a number here. Brandon Cooks has been getting a little bit of a look here, 46 and a half yards for him. And we had also touched on this with Jake Ferguson being a target for Dak Prescott in the end zone. The particular week we touched on it, he didn't get in the end zone, but he's since gone in the end zone every week since then. He's at plus 125 anytime touchdown wow it's kind of crazy the correction on jake ferguson he was in the 200s for a while and i took that two weeks in a row didn't hit the first week then hit it the next but i mean you saw even if you remember the last game he was tackled a yard short not even a yard short maybe like an inch short Mm -hmm. of the goal line so he blew his opportunity to score a touchdown then and this eagles defense is the worst in the nfl at defending tight ends by dvoa so that's definitely not a bad play at all too there might be a bit of an overcorrection, though, of the odds, but still plus money. And to your point about C.D. Lamb, I mean, I, don't, I just don't see any way how the Eagles do shut him down. If they do, then it's not something any of us could have predicted. I mean, he went for almost 200 yards in his last matchup. And the thing that C.D. Lamb has a big advantage about in this matchup compared to some other players at his position is that they play him all over the field. He could play outside. He could play in the slot. And the Eagles don't use their top corner as a shadow of the top of their opposing wide receiver. You never see Darius play the slot. You never play in the slot. And some really inexperienced players for CeeDee Lamb to really take advantage of. And Dak has been bowled home this season, too. And the Cowboys are averaging 40 points per game at home. So I don't really, I'd be shocked if CeeDee Lamb doesn't go for at least 100 yards. Coming to bounce back to this Bengals and Colts game, uh, the Bengals defense has allowed at least one rushing touchdown in the last nine games. So maybe Zach Moss anytime touchdown. I mean, yeah, I don't. I got. I got to check out what his odds are, but obviously there's no Jonathan Taylor here, so that seems like an obvious play. Just because of how, just because you mentioned with the Bengals running defense, I'm looking at the odds right now. Dang, it's at minus one fifty five. That might be a little too rich for my blood. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's a little high. Yeah, okay. The uh, Bills and the Chiefs, these games, when they play each other, are always close. Uh, The passing numbers for Patrick Mahomes, 261.5 yards. Josh Allen, 253.5 yards. Uh, You know, I I think this kind of comes down to, one, do you trust the wide receivers to catch Patrick Mahomes' pass? And then what do you think game theory is going to be in terms of hitting these numbers? So what way do you lean for these quarterbacks? Well, with start with game theory, do you know that um, it was just reported that Isaiah Pacheco is going to be out for this game? I did not know that part. That is a massive thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big deal for sure, too. I just don't think the other Chiefs running backs are capable of um, really delivering on a run-heavy script. So I really think that Andy Reid and company have to get really creative in scheming these receivers open, particularly Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. But I just don't, I don't want to – for this one, I might just enjoy the game because it's an incredible matchup for me as an NFC fan. I have no blood in the I – have, I have no emotional attachment here. Just want a good game in this one. But at the same time, Josh Allen, when we last saw him, looked unstoppable against the Eagles. And if you take out, like, record team performance this year, he might be the best quarterback in the NFL this season from an on-field performance standpoint. 
And as good as Chiefs defense is, Allen's a matchup-proof quarterback, so I could see him having a really big game here with the Bills being really desperate and fighting and basically having their playoff hopes on thin ice. And they lose this one, it'd be a really hard path to make it to the postseason. And at the same time with um, with the Chiefs, I mean, it's hard to to bet against Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs two weeks in a row. And for them to have any fight in this game, they're really going to need him to be heroic in the passing game. Yeah, just to add to the confusion, you mentioned Pacheco out, also Tranquil's out, uh, you know, Brian Cook's out, the safety for Kansas City, and also left tackle Donathan Smith. They're all out uh, for Kansas City this week. One other, one last thing for me, uh, Justin Jefferson's back. He's never played a snap in a game with Josh Dobbs, so any ideas if we should try to attack the Vikings passing game here? Yeah, I mean, his line's really low at 65-and-a-half, and, and Jeff, Jefferson's yeah. is so good that he's got to be quarterback-proof, right? And I think they'd be really healthy for this one. They seem to be pretty conservative with how they um, handled his injury. I mean, he probably could have started before the bye week, but they wanted to wait till he's 100%. Then they had an additional week of rest. So I think it would be really well. I think it would be really um, healthy for this one. He's not going to have the injury really affecting him. And even though it's Josh Dobbs, I mean, you only need 66 yards from Jefferson. You're never going to see a line like that for him again. Brian, before we let you go, anything we haven't touched on, anytime touchdown score, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards that you like for week 14? No, I just will say that I'm disappointed to see the odds for her to score a touchdown aren't in my territory of where I'm falling into my rule of if it's minus 110 or longer, just take it no matter what. It hit last week, but a minus 140, that might be a little too high for my liking. I was going to say you were dead on in accuracy last week with Jalen Hurts, but yeah, minus 140 is a little steep. Yeah, I would play in the same game parlay maybe for that game. I mean, just take – C.D. Lamb overs, and one thing I forgot to mention for this game, too, or something we didn't talk about is, rarely do you see for quarterbacks or the passing touchdowns line to be above one and a half, and Prescott's of this game is over two and a half at plus 130 at DraftKings. I think wow. it's plus 150 at FanDuel, and that might seem high, but I really like the plus money on that one. I mean, he threw for three touchdowns yeah. in this last matchup, despite having two completions fall just short of the goal line. And since then, there's been no reason to believe that Eagles' defense is going to be any better. I mean, they, did at, they didn't have Bradley Roby for that game. They'll have Shaq Leonard for this one. That was Kevin Byard's second game on the team. But none of those reasons are enough for me to not think that Dak could throw for three or more touchdowns, especially when he's averaging three pass touchdowns per game at home this season. So they get a lot, to get very good value on that, I would much rather take Dak over for two and a half passing touchdowns than a one and a half at like minus 200 or something. Brian, as always, we greatly appreciate your time and looking forward to doing it again next week. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Once again, he is Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com.